Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land, Los Angeles, that we're recording on. The Keech, Chumash, and Tongva people and pay respects to their elders past and present. Salmon or Dolly, through a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kinda gnarly. We're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Well, I have officially queer two-stepped. I, I, I didn't even know this was missing in my life, but now that I have been to queer two-stepping, I, uh, is that what it's called? Queer yeah, country? Yeah, I think Stud so. Stud country. Yeah. Stud yeah. country is the name of the spot. The event. The event. Yeah. yeah there, there, it's a thing. And in, in, there was one in the valley at that. I can't, I can't, I can't remember the name of that building, but it was really fun. Um, and this one had like a lot of a, more, more of a lesson. And I've just, you're like really, really pick up those steps. You know, I, I attribute my line dancing, two-stepping, uh, square dancing prowess to the fact that in Australia we did it in school. Right. Did okay. you do it in school? Did you square dance? Uh, yeah. Something made it popular again in the 80s. There was a thing that like square dancing, sort of like gymnastics in the 80s. But you, you know. We okay, have... no one believes me about this. This is a theory. This is a cultural okay piece of cultural criticism theory that I have been pushing for nigh on 30 years. I like <laughs> using that phrase. I haven't used that before. <laughs> I believe that the resurgence of square dancing in the 1980s was directly connected to the reinvigoration of the cowboy archetype through Bon Jovi, Guns N' Roses, and Skid Row, and that kind of thing. Like the, It suddenly entered pop culture. There were people dressed like cowboys on MTV. Well, yes, and for you, and you, your your bar mitzvah was a cowboy themed bar mitzvah. For me, I don't know what it was, but definitely Urban Cowboy the movie. That was seventies, though, right? Yeah, yeah. But did you see that movie? I don't it's... think you've shown me some clips, but I've never watched it. <laughs> There's the scene that's so cool where John Travolta saws his own cast off. Oh. He has a cast on his arm, and he's in a trailer, and he saws it off, and it's just. It's so good. There, I know it's one of those movies I kind of know a lot of the lines from. I loved it. And it got you into square dancing. I just liked, in school we did it as well. And I don't think it was Urban Cowboy or Bon Jovi. When, when I, I don't know what did it. I know there's a reason. But I, I loved little fluffy skirts and I liked dancing. So I sort of. And you always had the, your little house on the prairie yes, fantasy that's that it would have true. tapped into a little bit. Yeah, that would have been more my direction then. Well, you had, that was you at 10 years. You were in the 70s. This yeah. Was, I was in the 80s. Yeah, Little yeah. House on the Prairie really hit for me. But like cowboy stuff, being from LA, there definitely were these two sides. Like there's city folk and country folk. Hmm. City, Which one are city, you? I'm inside, I'm a city folk. Hmm. With with the fantasy of Little House on the Prairie, but I know that that's not a real thing. See, I think you inside are country folk and externally have oh. conformed to city living. 
That's but I right. think in your essence, you are a little fairy princess. Are we talking about The Sims? City? <laughs> Which actually, The Sims, I don't, just so you, you beautiful babies know, I don't play The Sims, but I think it's fun. But they do have a new country living, I think, that's like got two stepping in it. But any, yeah, I'm politically city. <laughs> politically city, emotionally country. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, we went to stud country with Georgia Mac and our new friend Eleanor, who is Bryce, the drummer from Amel and the Sniffers' girlfriend. And we, um, it was an awesome night. A lot yeah. of compliments on my hair. People love it. My blue hair fit right in. You know, I know. Ben's got country. your hair looks like a filter, but in real life, it's so electric. We have these new friends in the summer. It feels like camp friends or something. <laughs> like we just see them and we're having a stay at home. In LA, summer at the moment. Yeah, little, I mean, we are going up north, which I think is going to be amazing. Little uh, rock and roll fantasy camp. It's been going on. Oh yeah. But wait, tell me about. What, I'd like to hear some praise for my line dancing. Now that we've given all this. Oh, so so wait. So my bar mitzvah. Let's yeah. just give it. Let's, this, this is the background. This is my origin story. This is the law that you know my parents were amazing at finding inexpensive ways to keep me participating in whatever the social, like the socially necessary things going on with my peer group, right? So like, cause, so my parents, I was like the, I was sort of like, it's hard to explain. I was like the lowest, on the lowest rung of the socioeconomic ladder at a sort of rich school. Yeah. So I was there on a scholarship and anyway, a whole long story, but Basically, so my parents were always trying to find, and it was like such a generous thing for them to spend time and energy on, find ways to make things that would be fun for me and my friends that didn't cost a lot of money. So because I was at a sort of wealthy school, a lot of the bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs were full on. It was like my super sweet 16 on MTV. Yeah. My dad, because he was on Waverly Council, got access to the Bondi Pavilion Seagull Room at a very, inmates rates. <laughs> and then called in a it was square dance themed and and I liked it because of the Skid Row Guns N' Roses thing I wore cowboy boots which cowboy was very boot, exciting cowboy too. boot shoes cowboy boot shoes and a little bolo necktie yeah <laughs> <laughs> Ad adorable. And I had big plans of the girls I wanted to dance with and all of that kind of thing. But anyway, so you, what you saw at Stud Country the other night was that somehow I've retained just some of that two-step and funkiness. <laughs> Did you turn the two-stepping in the, at your bar mitzvah into um, a, I don't know what the word would be for the dance. Makeout? No, well, the dance. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so funny it's so funny but the two-stepping at stud country out here it was something beautiful about everybody firstly something beautiful about men dancing together mm. and thank you for being an ally yeah and and just um well of course the women were beautiful as well but there's something even more like seeing two women dance is, is one thing, but two men, it's, it's, I don't know. It's always it, funny when, if we are at something like that, where it's a very queer thing, there always feels like if we start dancing together, we feel a bit like, it's like if 1950s and we were a gay couple, yeah. that we feel a little bit shy to just like be like a man but and welcomed, woman dancing together. At least welcome. But <laughs> the dance, everyone dancing together and doing the same movements at the same time. And some people 
it looks simple, but some people really put a little flair into it. And did I put flair or did I just hit the mathematical precision of the steps? You did the precision, but you in in your in in yourself have flair, you mm. know, but you didn't do you know the dancing the move move flares they're like movements mm -hmm. you move know what I'm I like, that's, a, that's a line dancing term <laughs> two step the thing i think we liked about it when we were young was that most of the dancing you would do at bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs actually didn't involve touching you know it'd be like doing that i don't know what you call that dance that like side to side shuffle kind of thing that like kids do when they just start dancing right but you're not actually touching Whereas line dancing was like this, in, or square dancing, this like enforced touching, do say do and all that. So, I mean, hot, come on. I know. Well, that, yeah, very hot. But that's what I was going to say. Did the two-stepping turn into the horror? I bet it did. I bet it did. Let but, me tell you, we can turn anything into a horror, uh, us proud Jews. The horror <laughs> is so, I once was involved with the biggest horror uh, dance, if you don't know what that is, um, for the shiksa. It's sort of like it's sort of like the Greek Goya, people the sometimes Goyan. know the Greek da, 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 yeah. da, da, like arms around each other's shoulders and you're in a big circle. Which is also beautiful to me seeing, you know, even straight men doing the Greek dancing and Mediterranean culture represent the Mediterranean culture men together. It's beautiful. But the Hora, so I was at the Women Music Festival. Michigan, I believe. Yes. Michigan Music Festival a long time ago, which maybe the gayest thing I've ever done. I mean, this br amazing festival that had some uh, political thing. I probably have talked about this before. You have, you have. But, but have I talked about the horror? You have not. You've talked about the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the fisting section that you walked past and about some of the like early uh, trans fears and all of Transgender that. Transgender menace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, but the first night, it wasn't all hardcore. There was different campgrounds that had different names and the section you're speaking of i think was called the twilight zone but there were more wholesome sections whatever word you would use and but the first night was a rave with adorable like nina Jurachi type uh techno music yeah and and like people bopping up and down and it <laughs> looked like what a straight man's dream of what a festival for all women would be like and as the week unfolds there's many different types of people and bodies and it was really amazing so one afternoon there was a jewish it was a music festival so there was a jewish music and it was in a big klezma klezma and it was in a big um field because we were in the woods and a hora line which becomes a giant circle if you know it was like a not a football field but half of it was so big and it almost we almost pulled it off it was really cool and we did the horror at our wedding in India. Oh, that was beautiful. At a tiny little village. Everyone was there for our Hindu cultural appropriation wedding. And, uh, <laughs> and then we you, we threw a massive, you know, horror. I, I loved it because you can peel off and spin around with someone in the horror. You can. It's one of the great perks of the horror. Right? And I did that with your sister, Nanette, who was wearing the prettiest pink sari. Mm. This color pink was like... The that's my stomach. <laughs> that's your stomach? Why is your stomach doing that? I don't know. It's not, you know, your stomach sounds, they're like, they're cute. <laughs> they're like demure. Like when I, I feel like when my stomach gurgles, it's like shakes the house. Yours is just like, yours is like a, a, a little cute. Yeah, it's like a little kitten or the kid at the back of the class who's shy. He doesn't talk much. Just going, 
excuse me yeah i'm you know i'm little laura ingles wilder little husband prairie inside you had a couple of things you wanted to talk about from last week you 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 listened back to the episode and you were like you know what i want to make some corrections to some broad statements i made well i usually i listen back before this pod is edited just because well after it's edited but before it's posted Correct. And um, I, this one I didn't, and I just was cringing, wincing. Um, I was, so when I was talking about (laughs) there, I was talking about there not being female directors. And I just thought, oh man, I'm saying that. It sounds like I'm saying there aren't female directors. I was just really talking about uh, the, Opportunities. You the were opportunities. That, that, uh, that there are many female directors, but they don't necessarily traditionally get the same ease of financing or support from studios. Thank you for mansplaining right? that. Okay. No, okay. I needed you it. You left a big gap. I did. That's called a mansplaining gap. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I needed that. But yes, the opportunities weren't there and are. it's getting a little better. And of course, uh, you know, getting paid. So I was sort of saying I was excited for Greta Gerwig and I was saying there's not as there's not many female directors, but there really are a lot. You just of, wanted to clarify that there, there aren't are enough, there aren't enough big movies being helmed by female directors, or just or they, historically, it's been more male directors gotcha. getting the opportunity, getting paid more, blah blah blah. Yeah, perhaps it's not a career, but there's a ton that of female young girls think of as or is presented to them as clearly as an option or something. Maybe so. Yeah, and then. Then the second thing I wanted to correct was I kept talking about age. I was talking about looking at my body and and the skin quality and aging and something as and I I just didn't want to uh, make it sound like I care that much about it and that it's important because I think it's kind of amazing to have like hands that look old. I'm just realizing, are we making the podcast about the podcast where every episode is our reflection (laughs) on the behind the scenes of the one before it? I know. It would be so self-indulgent. For anyone who doesn't know what that reference is, um, our friend, director Kaveh Zahidi, who we've got to have on the pod next time he's in LA, uh, great director who I am a sex addict and The Sheik and I and all these great, uh, great, very first person narrative documentaries. He made a web series called The Show About The Show, which you can find on YouTube, but watch it in order because every episode is a meta examination of the episode before it. And it's trippy and awesome. It's so good. And th- But th- this would be when I say self-indulgent because we would just talk about our last episode. That's Whereas Cave, right. <laughs> He's like recreating. He's cinematic. actually making like art. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. What did you think, speaking of Kaveh, yesterday we watched his new, he has another web series called Getting Stoned with Kaveh, where he finds someone he's interested in that he doesn't know very well and they get stoned and they talk. Yeah. And this last, most recent episode was with Maddie Healy from the 1975, someone you're not that familiar with, right? I mean, I know know of the band, but- What did did you think? I love the episode. What did you think of it? It was great. I mean, he's, that's the thing with um, someone like Kaveh, he can- make something he just has that magic touch of of ed- whatever the timing or the atmosphere or the editing or what you know his his uh <clears throat> excuse me his filmmaking just makes something interesting like they shot it in a dispensary 
they shot i'm like kave because in in getting stoned with kave he smokes a bowl and then he'll cough but he like does a it, minute he does it like every time so now i'm drinking coffee and coughing but i'm curious as someone who is perhaps not as chronically online as i am and who like you know you're not you don't follow all every step of the minutia of pop culture maddie healy is a very interesting and controversial figure what was your impressions of him after watching that well i thought that he was very earnest he earnestly wanted like kave is also a teacher he teaches um he wanted him to teach him directing so i thought it was he seemed earnest i thought he kind of overstepped at one point when he started talking to kave's girlfriend but also his instincts were correct to include her in a way um i thought he seemed very conscious of not being coming off like a schmuck. I noticed how he spoke to his friend during the interview to get him like a jacket or his telephone. He was polite. He wasn't an asshole. But um, yeah, he seemed kind of full of himself. I was like looking at his styling and I was wondering if he didn't have the cool clothes, he would look a little nerdier, but also he has a beautiful face. Like I was just really studying him. Do you think good match for Taylor Swift or not? Oh, right. He dated Taylor yeah, Swift. Yeah, what do you think about that within the context of now knowing who he is? Well, that makes him seem like, I mean, who wouldn't, I guess, if I was in that position, I'd be a little embarrassed to date someone so commercial but at the same time, I would be intrigued to date someone that commercial. And He's also super interested in popular culture and presentation and artifice. And she represents... Yeah, I mean, if I was that age and, and got the chance to date Taylor Swift, I would sort of be intrigued, like, who is this person? And try to find out who they are behind the businesswoman. Right, much like he was doing with Carve. Like, he reached out to Carve and said, let me get to know you. I want to know the mind behind the art, which I, I do that too. When I admire someone's work or business, I, I love the chance to sit and get to know them. Yeah, so. he seemed quite genuine. I mean, I think he's fighting against coming off looking, you know, like full of himself, but he's like, seems very aware. I don't want to be full of myself and I don't want to look full of myself. So I don't know. What what did you think of him or what? Uh, I have. I don't know of, the controversy. Yeah, I, I, I have sort of mixed feelings about him but I, I think everyone does i find him interesting like mm -hmm. i was excited to watch this i was um i i do think he said some sort of horrible things in i think his desire to be shocking and provocative um but so have i i relate to that i relate to that desire to step into new territory and make impact and shake things up and I also see, I saw him in that episode we watched, I, I, I saw him as very broken too. Yeah. And very, he seemed very vulnerable to me. He seemed like kind of a mess. Right. And I think he's, his quest, it was interesting because he's someone who generally people assume has no boundaries himself, no sort of he's lost touch with his humanity and his quest for fame and all this stuff. And it was interesting him being on the other side of that, playing devil's advocate, accusing Cave of all of those things. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways he was having a dialogue with himself right. about the ruthless side of himself who wants to be the biggest rock star in the world at all costs and the human side that wants to protect relationships. Yeah. I mean, I never would have done that like Cave's experience I would have come I, I have talked to Kaveh about his personal life and 
having someone, I, I don't know, that much younger, it felt disrespectful to talk to someone who's older about their personal life. Can I offer a counterpoint to that? I actually thought it was hugely respectful in that he went in there and wanted to give Cave an amazing content experience. That was that, nice. He wouldn't do that for anybody. That was not like he went in there and pushed himself yeah. to a space that Cave would respect. Yes. I think. You know? Well, that's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, no, I'll like put that. a link to it in yeah. the show notes. People should watch it. It's called Getting Stone with Cave. It's about 40 minutes long. You can go back to the other episodes, but Maddie Healy's the guest on this one, and it's 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 fantastic. It's been so exciting to see Pulp come back. Oh, you know, they're yeah. playing shows like through Europe, and it's just they're one of those bands that never fully got their due in America. Yeah. And, um, it's just, I hope it happens this time. I hope that like historical cultural revisionists go, actually, Pulp right. were one of I the guess, great bands. I guess if it's Oasis, Blur, and Pulp. To oh. us, to us. I think to a lot of people, Oasis and Blur are. I mean, Oasis for sure, but they're considered leagues above Pulp. Right. That's to what me, I Pulp mean. were the best. Well, yeah. to me, I, I put them all like, you know, the Three Kings or whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> You mean Spike? Uh, who were the Three Kings? Uh, um, the Three Mark Kings Wahlberg. of Beth Bethlehem. Oh, Three Kings of Bethlehem. <laughs> Is that what? what they're called? I think, no, I you... just mean, I, th I thought Three Kings was a reference, a, a biblical reference. It was beautiful. Weren't there three... The three wise men. Three they brought wise men. Myrrh and frankincense Myrrh and, and gold. frankincense and gold. Yeah. Did you ever see Pulp live? Yeah. Where'd you see him? I saw him at a small gig in LA and we drove around with Jarvis and I had no personality, I thought, but then I learned from DV. Uh, I might I might have rep be repeating myself again, but I learned from my friend DV who hung out with Jarvis that... Jarvis just has that personality that makes you not not in a mean way, but makes he he doesn't need a lot, so he makes you feel like you might not be charming him mm. when you know. So I left from hanging out with Jarvis, thinking, "Oh no, I lost my charm just when I really wanted it," because I'm hanging out with Jarvis Cocker. It's scary because he clearly but, has this staggering intellect too and wit, and yeah. you sort of it's intimidating. I yeah. was in Tim. I met him a few times. I wanted him to direct a video, and then I bumped into him at the Nick Cave thing at Royal Albert Hall once, and he pointed at me like, "Come on over, let's chat." And I just turned and walked away and pretended I didn't see him. Really? Because <laughs> I was scared. I just got scared. I don't know why. That's only happened a few times. Oh man! But I'll tell you what. I defended Pulp. I I had a bit of a lively debate, heated conversation with Dave Grohl one night in the early 2000s where I was saying that Pulp were one of the greatest current bands actively working. This is right after they put out This Is Hardcore. And Dave is a populist. Like, that's how the Foo Fighters are what that's they a, are. That's a drummer done well? Yeah, that's a drummer done well. And Dave was like, if they're so good, why aren't they filling stadiums in America? And I was just like, ugh. In a way, from the point of view you're coming from, I can't argue with you, but I blatantly disagree with that viewpoint. Well, it's that sort of like is always commercially recognized in this country. It's kind of like a Republican thing of like everyone who has two legs just come on and work. I work. I worked my way up. You can work your way up. It's not including a lot of other factors. Straight up. Straight up. But yeah, pulp. I mean, I I hate. It's like I love comparing, but I kind of can't compare. Oasis, Blur, and Pulp—they're just to me. 
The three wise men, <laughs> not kings, three wise men. Speaking of underrated rock stars from the annals, I think it's not annals, it's annals, right? The annals of history. Uh-huh. Lemmy, <laughs> Lemmy. Oh. Uh, we were at the Rainbow the other night with Amel and the Sniffers and had an amazing photo yeah, shoot with Amy Taylor and Bryce climbing up the Lemmy statue. Yeah, it's funny how I never realized there was so much um, Lemmy stuff around the Rainbow. Not, I, I guess because I've hung out. I've eaten at the Rainbow because someone said they had good soup, chicken soup or something. But I've hung out. Famous for the chicken soup. I don't yeah. know. I went, I've, gone, I've really gone there only maybe twice to eat inside and i really like it inside so i was confused like we're hanging out outside but there's so much lemmy but stuff. that bar i think was where lemmy used to sit every day i mean and drink the jack and cokes right the jack and cokes but um lemmy was very nice i i i, hung, I like met him kind of through my brother a handful of times he was so nice what did you what did you ever chat to lemmy about we just like i think he we're very similar or something we just we just connected almost without words. I mean, not sexually, but we, I always say that. I don't know why I say that a lot. Not sexually, but we just um, vibed on each other. He's got, he had an amazing, you know, presence and quality and you could just stand and, and vibrate together. Oh my God. That is one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard said about Lemmy. <laughs> It's true, though. And then after that, we went to Hamburger Mary's. because I, I don't know about him. I mean, he, for all I know, he, he was, was a speed addict, I think, his whole life. But well, he that's was okay. Functional. I mean, as long as you're not, you know, a horrible person. I, I, I've never, I don't know much about him. So, you know, but I just, I liked hanging with him. So Amy Taylor has just come from being a guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race in Australia. And after drinking at the Rainbow, she was like, Let's go see a drag show. She's just like in the vibe of drag shows. So we just Googled, you know, where should we go see drag tonight? And we went to Hamburger Mary's in West Hollywood. Which is fa a famous old school place. It moved locations, I believe. It we it was nice. I Venmoed a bunch of the <laughs> the performers and then they wrote back the next day. I didn't go crazy Venmoing. I feel bad that I- You did I like three with the sweetest little notes. I looked at it the next day and it was like, you're the best for being the absolute best for being amazing. <laughs> I know they're they're all gonna be like, I was the best. No, she said I was the best. But um, it was it was sweet. It was fun and lively crowd. Yeah, it was Nick Launay, Georgia Mac, um, a new friend Maz from Australia. Yeah, I feel like I Amal know game. her. You do. The woman with the shaved head? No, that's Je so that's Jenna McDougal. She's an Aussie musician. I don't think I'd ever met her before. She looked so She's coming over tomorrow. She looked very familiar. Yeah, she's got a nice face. Yeah, and yeah. we were both wearing blue and we felt we were matching and mm -hmm. I don't know, it was cute. Um, yeah, that was fun. I, I haven't been to a drag show for so long. It's funny, like when we were at the drag show, I was sort of aware that like it felt so innocent. Yeah. It was so, the idea that this has become a symbol for Republic, for some Republicans of like the utmost evil just is bizarre. Like yeah. it's almost like, it's almost like they're equate, like, okay, so I just trained in my head, understand the logic. Like, okay, you don't like homosexuality or gender stuff or whatever, but, but this is people playing dress ups and lip syncing. Yeah. It is really like such a celebration of just I know innocence, you know? I know. It's just those different, when someone's in a, I don't know if it's always a religious mentality or a, just a, I don't know. But when people are, they're, they're in this, locked in this brainwashy belief that 
they they are in and yeah. it's just it's until they wake up or whatever there's no getting snapping them out of it so yeah it's 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 so strange what are you doing to your face right now i'm doing it's like a little bit of a face massage acupressure I, but just on one side well i'm just sort of i put moisturizer on my face and i'm just sort of tapping it in oh, there because cool. it felt felt very dry it looked very scientific oh yeah i'm tapping tapping um so wait what was i gonna say oh yeah damn just war so terrible <laughs> <laughs> broad okay <laughs> quite 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 the prompt yeah mm-hmm. america i don't know i just we were talking about this how do you live how do you live knowing that you know life is so hard that's the eternal question isn't it mm. but we we uh we got there we got back to n- not knowing but being okay it was and- really nice <laughs> and in the face of that i do think like as we're all creative people. I don't mean to separate artists from that, but for us as creative people, it's finding the joy in daily what we're making out of our lives, you know, out of with our families and our own, with our bodies, with our um, with our food, with our friends. Like we're we're building lives that I think the joy of that on a daily level is how you deal with existential angst. Yeah, and if you're in a relatively good space and can sort of hold space for others like you know there's there's times where i just think well i'm here i'm still helping my daughters like you know and uh i don't know i do get caught up in trying to make them happy and i forget that part of life is just learning how to sort of be strong as well and get through stuff but yeah and how to withstand other people's suffering that you care about is a big part of life too yeah bear witness to it bear witness yeah i wanted to thank everybody who reached out with various forms of congratulations or support or offers to help with um we did this interview on an australian morning show today extra this week about everything we're doing with weirder together from the pod network to the record label to the events and there were just there was so much genuine goodwill yeah. directed towards us that it was like super exciting. I, I just felt so happy to like be making something that people are excited by and feel it adds to the world. That's you know? it is nice. It is nice. Yeah. I have three shows coming up. We have the the Thing Festival where I'm doing a music set. Me and Ioni are doing a live weirder together pod taping with special guest Kimya Dawson yeah. from the Maldi Peaches. And I'm doing a DJ Dab Bud set. And that's we've also, in Washington. In Washington, that's August 25th. Then we've announced two Australian shows with more to come. Sutherland Pavilion, September 28th. And on September 29th, the Wanderer Festival, where I'm also playing and doing a DJ set. That's Australia. And there's it's a great lineup. There's like Kevin Morby and all these, you know, great people there. So there's tickets for that on my website. Uh-huh. And uh, that's really all I have to say for right now. We've got a big creative day ahead. So I just kind of got to yeah. go get set up and get into it. And I'm working on my thing that I'm working on oh, every yeah. day. And I'm going to buy a big canvas and do some more painting soon. Incredible. I love your paintings. They love you. <laughs> and we love you. Beautiful babies. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together.